Ohio State made sure they weren't going to go into West Lafayette and be upset. The defense remained dominant, and some things start to click for the Buckeyes offense, and it showed up in a 41-7 win over the Purdue Boilermakers. You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Sunday, October 15th in the year 2023. And this episode is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase during today's episode we will discuss how dallin hayden answered the call what his number was called and also discuss a few freshmen that were big for the buckeyes in saturday afternoon's win over those purdue boilermakers we talk about it all the time and i'm not trying to sack a broken record but i might be at this point in time ohio state's defense is good, next-to-level good. So good that if you are trying to compare them to past defenses that were on national championship-winning teams, you might find that numbers through the first six games of the season might compare to how Georgia's defense played over the past couple years or how LSU's defense played or how Alabama's defense played or how Clemson's defense played, maybe even going back to the year that the Buckeyes won the Natty in 2014, I haven't compared the numbers, but something tells me these numbers by the Buckeyes defense so far this season compared to those defenses, even in some of the big-time games, and also might even beat them in some categories. Once again, the Buckeyes defense makes it very hard for the opposition to move the ball through the air doesn't matter if the other team uses one quarterback or two. It doesn't matter at all. The Buckeyes defense is saying, look, we are going to play. No matter if it's in the shoe or if we got to go on the road, our defense travels. It traveled to Bloomington, Indiana. It traveled to Notre Dame, Indiana. It traveled back to Indiana once again in West Lafayette, Indiana. Hopefully, and I do believe it'll travel to Madison, Wisconsin. It'll travel to Piscataway, New Jersey. It should travel to Ann Arbor, Michigan as well because this unit has been dominant all season long. And people have been questioning, and myself included, at times wondering when are some guys on the defense going to get more sacks? When are some guys on the defense going to be not just in the face of the quarterback but take down the quarterback because that is a mental hurdle that a quarterback will have to get over at some point in time based on how the game is being played. And in this game, Jack Sawyer played better. Troy Malowal, Tyleek Williams, Michael Hall Jr., they're playing phenomenal ball all year long. Caden Curry got in on the mix. Got to see K-Jack in there at the end of the game. Mitchell Melton came into the middle and came back in in the game at the end as well. Even, I believe, we got to see Amari Abor in the game as well in mop-up duty towards the end of the game. But getting some of the younger guys some reps, Maybe some guys that have been around for a while 
But due to injury, Mitchell Melton haven't played a lot. Getting some of them guys on the field is pivotal to the Buckeyes' defense playing like it is now and how it should play, how it might play in the future. Speaking of sack numbers, Jack Sawyer had one and a half sacks. Tui Malowal had one and a half sacks as well. The Buckeyes had three sacks in the, in the game. Before the game, I was at the game um, with my wife on Saturday. Before the game on the big screen, and might I just add, Purdue made some um, upgrades to their stadium uh, and closed the, uh, the, the one end zone, put a big, massive screen up there. That screen's massive, man. That screen is huge, and it's very clear to see, even if you are, are on the opposite side of the field. It doesn't make it um, difficult at all to see what's on the screen. And one of the biggest eye-glaring issues I saw on the screen when they were comparing numbers of Ohio State's defense and Purdue's defense, the team sack numbers, they weren't close. Purdue's team sack numbers were way higher than Ohio State's. And I'm like, this doesn't feel right. I don't care if it's an Ohio State team that's undefeated or an Ohio State team that has two losses through the first five games of the year. It just doesn't feel right that at that time, Purdue's sack numbers were so much larger and bigger than Ohio State's. But that's the way the cookie crumbled. By the numbers numerically, Purdue played uh, two quarterbacks. Uh, Hudson Card, their Texas transfer, looked bad. Really, really bad. That's not just because he looked bad. Um, also, the Buckeyes' defense and pass coverage made him look bad and make things harder for him than he thought they were going to be. He only he was 13 of 22 for 126 passing yards. Total on the game, Purdue threw for 134 passing yards in the game. Um, Devin Mockaby, uh running back for Purdue, he had 110 rushing yards of his own, but as a team, Purdue only had 123. So if you hold an opponent, and I don't care if it's Purdue or Alabama, if you hold an opponent to under 150 yards passing, to under 150 yards rushing, you're going to have a great chance to win the game. Also during this game, I thought for a long period of time, this was going to be a shutout. First quarter, Purdue's field goal kicker goes out to kick a field goal, misses it. Then all of a sudden, later in the game, I think this was a third quarter at this time, same field goal posted is kicking. He, he lines up, I believe it was a 27-yard field goal on the right hash, pushes it past the field goal um, post on the left side of the field goal. And I'm like, you go right hash to left side and you push that thing. Ah, Now, one thing that you don't might not see as well, I had not gone back to see the TV copy yet, uh, so I'm not exactly sure how well they depicted the the conditions in the game. I saw Lewis Johnson pregame. He had a cleat, and he was discussing the, the field conditions. Didn't hear it. I just thought Lewis Johnson does a lot of track stuff, so he's going to try to highlight some of the things with the cleats, the things that are going on with the field and the conditions that the players are playing on. It was a grass field at Purdue. It was uh, windy. Um, the wind was was a problem. And then it started raining a little bit more at the end of the first half, end of the second half, which made things a little bit harder. Um, Devin Brown, we'll get to more of this later on. Devin Brown fumbled on the goal line um, in this game. Or this, this is following um, his first time coming on the field in a red zone short yard situation, led the Buckeyes to score there, comes back in in a red zone situation, ends up fumbling, um, trying to dive into the end zone. The conditions weren't great at all, and actually it was pretty bad. It was really hard for these guys to play the game on Saturday. doesn't matter. The the turf in the shoe, uh, you go to Notre Dame, you could be uh, wherever it might be. 
Conditions don't matter. Rainy, windy, does not matter at all. There was one time during this game I saw the flags to my left along um, that were along the sideline at the upper top where Ohio State sideline was. They weren't moving that much. There was a fit. There were flags of the American flag, the Indiana State flag that were um, in the corner of the end zone, and those were moving a whole lot more. And I'm like, wow, that's just a great sign about how hard it's going to be for the quarterbacks and for everybody involved when it comes to kicking and throwing the football today. The conditions didn't bother the Buckeyes defense and actually may have made it easier for them to dominate the Purdue Boilermakers offense on Saturday afternoon in Ross Sage Stadium. Coming up next, we will discuss how Dallin Hayden answered the call when his number was called for the Buckeyes on the offensive side of the ball in Saturday's 41-7 win over the Purdue Boilermakers. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. My wife and I actually use Game Time the app itself, to buy our tickets to Saturday's game between Ohio State and Purdue. Made it super easy. There was no guesswork with the prices. And right when we needed to access our tickets, they made that easy as well. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, it's a place to find last-minute seats. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, it's easy to, to create an account by downloading the Game Time app and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than two to five players' stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. Prize Picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com slash LockedOnCollege and use code LockedOnCollege for your first deposit match up to $100. Once again, go to PrizePicks.com and use code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports. Made easy. Thank you for making Locked on Buckeyes your first listen or first watch of every single day. Want to take this time to kind of lay out what's coming at you the rest of the week. We will have our three observations 
tomorrow during Monday show. And then Tuesday through Friday, a loaded, stacked week of guests here. With this big and halfway point of the season, we're going to do our mid-season grades for Ohio State's offense and defense going position by position. Quarterback, running back, tight end, receiver, O-line, D-line, linebacker. And he might split up secondary and safety to add some more um, um, creativity into our rankings. That's going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Going to try to set up a crossover with Locked On Penn State or Locked On Nittany Lions. And then Friday, my guy Mo Murphy will be back. That's the plan to have him back on the show leading into Saturday's big-time matchup between Ohio State and Penn State. So on Saturday leading into the game, I was I always tried to check and make sure I check the notifications in regards to when Ohio State releases their availability report. The Big Ten before the season announced that teams need to have this information turned into the league office no later than two hours prior to kickoff. So with Ohio State trying to be really tight-lipped and really closed off with the information, I wait until 10 o'clock when the game kicks off at noon. And at this point in time, we knew Henderson was a little banged up. He was listed as questionable, but then eventually rolled out for the game. Mayan Williams was out for the game. Uh, Emeka Abuka did not travel with the team for this game. And so I'm sitting here thinking like, wow, so Mayan's out. There's a good chance Henderson's out. Chip is starting. Um, Xavier Johnson's probably going to start in this game. How are things going to go for the Buckeyes offensively? And early on in this game, it sure seemed like things are going to be a little bit tough. Julian Fleming, I think it was the first pass of the game, actually. First play of the game for the Buckeyes offense. But Court throws that ball right to him, right in both paws. It hit both hands, but it didn't stick. Goes to the ground, incomplete pass. And then later on in the same drive, I'm like, wow, okay, it's just it's looking good. Then what did McCord do? <laughs> found this guy, Marvin Harrison Jr. And Marv was Marv. Marv is doing Marv things. I need to go back and see that touchdown that was ruled uh, in incomplete passing. His left hand hit uh, out of bounds before the left foot hit. Um, I think this was in the second quarter of that game because originally I thought the left foot hit first before the um, left hand, left wrist hit out of bounds. But got to go back and see the replay once again. I think I only got to see that once maybe twice on the second time I saw the foot down didn't necessarily see if the left wrist was down first just need to go back and double check that myself but on this first drive Fleming incomplete and then McCord finds Harrison Jr bam 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 touchdown first three completions excuse me first three completions were completions and balls thrown to Marvin Harrison Jr I do believe there are five drops in this game and I don't always say that's due to the conditions not just playing on grass which i think football should be played on grass everywhere but i do believe that or even the rainy or windy conditions the five incompletions if you don't if those aren't five incompletions even if you can if you say that marvin catches one of his passes and he drops three and then julian fleming uh, catches his pass and they'll say x still drops his McCord's numbers look a whole lot better. He threw for 276 and three passing touchdowns 9.9 yards per completion Let's say he had 18, he was, let's just say he was 18 for 28, over 300 passing yards, possibly a fourth touchdown. Things are looking not numerically and statistically a whole lot better for Kyle McCord. But with Henderson and Mayan out, Chip ends up going down with a concussion. He got hit on the right side. He got hit on the sideline, ran back towards the middle of the field, fell down, got up, got helped off the field, but it was clear he was not all the way there. 
in comes Dallin Hayden. And this comes during an interesting period in the week. Because Ryan Day, I believe it was during his Tuesday presser, it came out and he said the plan was to redshirt Dallin Hayden this season. And there are many people out there, myself included, that think the best overall talented, best overall running back is Dallin Hayden. Now, he's not as fast as Travion. He has better vision than Henderson. He's not as physical of a runner as Mayan Williams. He doesn't have the ability that Chip has to play multiple positions on offense. But overall talented, I think that might go to Dallin Hayden, which is why the first time that he gets consistent touches on the field in this season, I do believe this was his second time playing in a game. Um, the first time being against Indiana didn't get, didn't get a carry. He had one catch for minus two yards in that game. So the first time he, he totes the rock this season, 11 carries, 76 rushing yards, 6.9 yards a pop. I understand the thought to redshirt him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch more on this later later on in the week. But if there's ever a week to maybe throw that thought out the window, it's now. Because going forward, you don't know if Mayan's going to be healthy. I doubt Chip plays next week. That's two of your top three running backs. And your third in Henderson, over the past couple of years, he plays, gets hurt. Plays, gets hurt. I'm not going to say he's made of glass. That's something I have seen on the on – the, I can't say bird app on X. So I'm not going to go that far. But what I am going to say is this. There's ever a guy on your roster right now that has proven to you last year and this year, once again, that he deserves to play. It's number five, Dallin Hayden. And I am someone that might end up buying this jersey. I don't have many Buckeyes jerseys in my closet. I got an Ezekiel Elliott. I got a black number one that I got this year. Um, doesn't have anybody's name uh, name on the back. And then I just bought Garrett Wilson's black alternate jersey as well. I might get Dallin Hayden's. Why? Because that dude's a dog, man. It First game, and he maybe going into the game, he was not expected to play this much. But he showed everybody, when my number is called, you can lean <laughs> lean on me. Didn't know that was going to come up, but it worked so oh so well. The Buckeyes numerically uh, rushed for 154 rushing yards in the game, 4.1 yards a pop. I do believe if you eliminate the sack yardage, sack yards in this game, and because uh, Kyle McCord had, was accredited for five rushes and negative 11 rushing yards, if you take away his um, sack yardage, the Buckeyes will be closer to averaging five yards per carry in this game. Xavier Johnson got the start, also had five carries for 39 rushing yards, 7.8 yards a pop. Chip, before going down, six carries, 28 yards a pop. Devin Brown came in. in short yard situations, eight carries, 20 yards a pop. Two and, uh, tw for 20 yards, two and a half yards a pop. Had one rushing touchdown, came back the next drive. Um, red zone situation, once again, short yardage. Ended up fumbling on the goal line, going into the end zone for a touchback. Purdue recovered and got the ball at their own 25-yard line. Buckeyes offensively showed some promise. The Buckeyes may have found a, a, a guy on their roster who can tote the rock and help the running game make strides to improve every single week. Coming up next, we discuss some fabulous freshmen that played well on Saturday and the Buckeyes' 41-7 win over the Purdue Boilermakers. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Athletic Brewing. Now time for your Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by 
Athletic Brewing Company, much like Cade Stover. Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. One big key to this game is with Marv being Marv and Emeka being out and the Buckeyes not really wanting to play a consistent third receiver or second receiver that can be relied on, somebody else needed to step up in the passing game. Cade Stover has been Mr. Reliable for Kyle McCord, and it showed up once again on Saturday afternoon in ross Aid Stadium. Numerically and statistically, Cade had four catches, 53 yards, 13.2 yards per reception, and two touchdowns. He was reliable, he was solid, he was sturdy, and he was a guy McCord in the Buckeyes offense could lean on when they needed to move the chains or wanted to put the ball into the end zone. Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. They're, they brew over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and more. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use Locked On to get 15% off your first online order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions, and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all time. Thank you for making Locked on Buckeyes your first listen or first watch of every single day. If you've missed Locked on College Football kickoff live this past Friday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, you can always go back and check it out on YouTube, on the Locked on Buckeyes YouTube page. Subscribe to that page and also on the audio feeds as well. It's coming back at you this coming Friday from at 11 a.m. Eastern time. You can get the up-to-date info on what's going on in college football, discussions on the conference rivalry games. Definitely, I'm sure they'll be discussing Ohio State's matchup with Penn State next Saturday. You want to catch Locked On College Football kickoff live at 11 a.m. Eastern every Friday. If you don't catch it live or you can't, definitely catch it in a playback form on the Locked On Buckeyes YouTube page or the Locked On Buckeyes audio podcast app of your choosing. The fabulous freshmen at Ohio State keep making noise. And there are some that don't line up and uh, find their name in the stat sheet. One of them being uh, Jelani Thurman came on the field and into the game, I do believe, for the first time in the fourth quarter. And my first thought was, ooh, he don't look like a freshman. Now, I hear about it all the time in spring practice and things like that. But sometimes things I hear aren't always true. And so I try to use my own eyeballs to depict and tell me what is actually out there. And one thing I saw with Jelani Thurman, he don't look like a freshman. And if he is a good blocking tight end, and if he is somebody that can be relied on in the past game in just some short yarded situations, he'll play next year. Like easily jump Joy Royer, um, jump G Scott Jr., uh, jump um, uh, the other tight ends on the team. And play next year may not start, but definitely be a guy that you're gonna you're gonna have a hard time keeping off the field. But Jelani Thurman, Carnell Tate played in this game as well, um, which was something that I said he should have done. He had the third most catches in this game. Only three guys at Ohio, on Ohio State had three or more catches. Carnell Tate had three. Stover had four. Harrison Jr. had six. 
Cardinal Tate had the second most receiving yards in this game with 79, and he also had an average of 26.3 yards per reception. So some of those stats there for Cardinal Tate, he definitely he's definitely someone that if you want to put your three best receivers on the field, Tate needs to be out there. I miss me on everybody else. Miss me on like I understand if it's a receiving a passing situation. I understand what Fleming brings as the overall leadership at what Fleming brings um, in regards to the running game. I understand all of those things. But when it comes to guys that can – who are your three best cat, pass catchers on the team? Cardo Tate has to be on there. He has to be in that conversation. I'm glad he got more play yesterday when Abuka was absent due to an injury. But then you also have on defense, Jermaine Matthews Jr., Malik Hartford got onto the field, and they just looked like they were guys that deserved to be on the field, not just in mop-up duty, but maybe more – on a different team, maybe more in rotation. Ohio State defensively, they found something with their rotations. They found something in being and adjusting to what the opposition is doing that works with their personnel. Jermaine Matthews Jr. and Malik Hartford, I do believe, are going to be guys with Proctor and Ransom being gone. Um, I do believe Burke's going to go to the NFL this year. I would be shocked if he stayed for a fourth, fourth year in Columbus. I understand that Igman Olsen and Hancock are going to be there that next year, but, man, it's going to, have, going to be hard to keep Matthews Jr. off the field. Now, you may want to put him there at a nickel corner spot. Great, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you get him in the offseason, spring practice, summer workouts, and then training camp next year, it's going to be hard for him to not be a starter based on how well he has played so far this year. But then there's a guy on the other side of the ball, and I mentioned Thurman won – Matthews Jr. two, Hartford three. Um, did I mention anybody else there? I don't think so. Tate four. There's a fifth one. I knew there were going to be at least five. Brandon Ennis. And I forget if this came up in the conversation Friday with Corey Thompson from Ohio State Football with Scarlet and Great on the YouTube. I said, hey, man, Brandon Ennis needs to play. And I understand him being a summer enrollee may have set him back in the coach's eyes. Miss me on that. Brandon Ennis needs to play. And in his first catch in his Buckeye career, he went 58 yards for a tutty. Hey, I literally in that moment, <laughs> I stood up. I started clapping. I said, hey, yeah, there you go, freshman. Hey, I was hyped for the man. I normally don't get hyped for freshmen like this because freshmen come in. Freshmen aren't that. Freshmen come in. Things are a little bit iffy for them. No, buddy. These freshmen are different, and it don't matter if you're an early enrollee in January like some guys were, or if you are, or if you were a summer enrollee like Brandon Ennis. It does not matter. These guys can ball. These guys know their role. These guys are picking up how to play Buckeye football, and I'm glad this team is so stacked with talent and leadership this year, but when some of those guys leave, Matthews Jr. is going to be uh, trying, going to be uh, competing for a starting spot. Malik Hartford going to be competing for a starting spot. Jelani Thurman, Ennis, and Tate will be competing for a high for starting spots at Ohio State going into next season. Saturday's game they played well. I know I'm looking into the future. I cannot wait to see those guys as starters at Ohio State. Potentially all five as starters at Ohio State next year. We're out of here on a Sunday. Yeah, there was no post-game show. Your boy was at the game. So post-game shows are not happening at that point in time. But we got a reaction today. What's coming next? More Buckeye football talk all week long leading into next Saturday's game against 
the Penn State Nittany Lions. I do believe Big, Big Noon's going to be there. I know Joel Class on the call for that with Gus Johnson and Jenny Taft. College game day is going to be there. So if you want to see Pat McAfee in the shoe or around the shoe, Kirk Herbstreet back at the place he played the football, watch college game day. I'll be watching. I hope you are as well. Also, follow me on X at jstevens 7 Send all emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com. This has been Locked on Buckeyes here on a Sunday, Buckeye fans. I'll see you next time.